And hey, guess what, Mark? I love you too, bro. I love you, man. See, it's yeah. not that hard. It's not. It's not. And if nobody's told, if you're listening to this or watching this, if nobody's told you yet that they love you today, I truly and sincerely love you. Hey, everyone. What is up today? Thanks for joining and listening. Today on Just Make Contact, we have a very special guest, Marcus Ellis, one of my lifelong friends. We'll cover an array of topics in just a little bit of time, all under the guise of taking a leap of faith in business and life. I mean, taking a leap of faith isn't the worst thing you can do. Think of all the entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that have taken a leap of faith and the impact they have on others. What's the worst thing that can happen to you anyway? If something really bad can come from a decision, then just skip it. But do you really need that W-2 job anyway? We'll also discuss how being a deadhead taught significant life and business lessons and why telling people I love you can have a significant impact on their life and potentially their year. For some fun, we have the inaugural episode of Who Was Better from 80s Bands. The competitors are Madness and a flock of seagulls, and we are going to declare a definitive winner. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Just Make Contact. I know some of you are watching it too, so that's great. This is episode two. This one is going to be a lot of fun because I'm going to be talking to my brother from another mother. Actually, his mom was kind of like my mom growing up a little bit. We'll talk some of that about that, I'm sure. But I'm going to be talking with Marcus Ellis today. We're going to talk about taking a leap of faith. We're going to talk about having fun. We're going to talk about just, just making contact, if you will. Just make contact. As a reminder, if you can like this show, if you can follow this show, if you can subscribe to this show, Mark makes fun of me when I say subscribe, but that's okay. And he goes by Marcus Ellis now, as you can see from his name. I call him Mark because that's how I've known him since about 1978. Mark, what's going on today? Man, it's a great day. Um, you can call me whatever. Anybody can call me whatever they want. But uh, when I was growing up, Marcus Ellis just sounded funny. And that's my real name. Mark is nowhere in my real name. So I just started going by that. But you can call me Mark all you want. But man, it's a beautiful day here in Pensacola, Florida. We had that little cold snap. So it was in the 30s when I woke up. It's in the 60s now. So it's a beautiful day here. The sun's out. Yeah, I know. It was really chilly in Pensacola, Florida, I'm sure. So Hey, everybody, like I said, I've known Marcus Ellis, I think I, I wrote down on the outline that I've known him since 1977, but I'm not sure if we didn't move to Pensacola until 1978. That's okay. We were in first grade together. We were in many classes together growing up. We played baseball together. I had to move in eighth grade. When I moved a couple years later, he became a quote unquote deadhead. And I'm not talking about the kind of deadhead that wears a Walmart bought Grateful Dead shirt. <laughs> I'm talking about one of those people that says, see you later, hits the road and comes back every now and then. So he did that. We're going to talk about that. He's a rocker. He's a real estate investor. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a podcaster with me on Strike Accord Live podcast. But he also goes around telling people he loves them. He tells them he loves them all the time. And you know what? He makes people's day when he does that. So, hey, Mark, thanks for joining us today. How's it going? Man, it's great. Has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? 
Nobody has told me. Well, actually, my daughter Lily told me that she. That's good. Me. Well, I love you, bro. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm a 50 year old real estate investor, but I'm also, uh, like you said, a, a rock and roll guy. As you know, we grew up, you know, spinning Beatle records, and I remember spinning Hall and Oates and Ario Speedwagon records in your house and in, in your room in your bedroom and my little John Lennon watching the wheels 45. That was a big deal to us because at the time in 1980, unfortunately, uh, John Lennon was uh, taken from us. Uh, but I remember listening to that. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a lead singer of a classic rock tribute band named White Tie Rock Ensemble. It's quite of a, a mouthful. But the reason it's called White Tie Rock Ensemble is because not only are we a five, six piece rock and roll band, but we have four beautiful females behind us as the string quartet, two violins of uh, viola and uh, cello. So we perform classic rock albums in their entirety, Dark Side of the Moon, Led Zeppelin Four, Beatles, Abbey Road, that type of stuff. But uh, I had been for 15 years in the pro audio video and lighting field, you know, what you see in church and arenas and stuff like that. I was sales in that, uh, had enough of that. And then at Thanksgiving, I became a real estate investor, which I'm a wholesaler. And we're going to talk about some of that. You got to save some of that because that's actually a topic we're going to talk about. Let's go. And yeah. we're going to talk about that. So, um, and, and if you're listening to this or watching this, Go to YouTube and type in White Tie Rock Ensemble, Ensemble, E-N-S-E-M-B-L-E, and watch some of the videos. Watch some of the action. It is great. I love watching it. I've shared it with people before. They love listening to it and watching it. I know they draw big crowds in Pensacola. But what I want to do for a second um, to kind of set the stage uh, about you is let's talk about the, the late 80s, the 90s. And your experience, Mark Ellis, Marcus Ellis' experience of uh, being a deadhead, you know, sure. of, of, of following the Grateful Dead around, hitting the road, uh, kind of uh, eating what you kill, so to speak. Amen. Going to the Grateful Dead shows. Let's talk about that experience and maybe how it shaped you a little bit. Sure. Well, I mean, as you know, I've always had a sense of adventure. You know, I wanted to to have fun, to do some fun things and, and experience life rather than just, you know, live through it, you know? So while everybody was going to college, I decided I was going to take a year off and it's been another 35 years or something. Now I did go to college off and on uh, during that period of time. So I have some education under my belt, but I never finished. But yeah, I started, you know, you can't join the circus anymore and make a living and, and you can't you know, hop a freight train anymore and you can't hitchhike, that's for sure. So, you know, our sense of adventure, our thing to do was to follow this rock band, the 60s rock band, Grateful Dead, around from city to city. And unbeknownst to me, it would shape my career because, I mean, you can save up so much money. You know, I mean, I used to leave, you know, home at 16 years old in 1989 with a hundred bucks in my pocket. And even though that was a lot of money back then, it would go quickly, you know. So I learned how to sell, first of all, imported clothes, from Nepal in the parking lot. And then when I became 21, I started selling beer and it was before. I bet you did it before you were 21, but that's okay. I did. I did. I did. Uh, but it was before microbrews were like popular though. You could only get Budweiser and Bush and all that kind of stuff. But in California, before Budweiser bought them, Sierra Nevada was on their own red tail ale, a bunch of those beers. So I knew a distributor in California and I would buy my beer at cost. And I would have a bunch of coolers and I've told you the story with a skateboard and all that sell a bunch of, of beer, but it was my introduction to sales. And when I had, when I was selling clothes, 
you know, I had to be a little bit salesy. Oh, that dress looks beautiful on you. Oh, bro, you look so cool in those pants, that type of thing. And it taught me really how to sell, sell and manage my money so that I could get from town to town to see the next show. Yeah, so that's awesome. That's a great lesson. And one of the other things I should have said about, about Marcus, about Mark, is that if you didn't think, if you, if you knew Mark Ellis in first grade and second grade, so, you know, back in 78, 79, and if you didn't think that somehow, some way, he was going to be involved with music in his life, i.e. following the Grateful Dead, or in a rock band at the age of 50, Right. You just didn't know Mark Ellis. You just weren't paying attention, right? This guy loved music. I know we talked about it on our other podcasts. We I remember listening to the Turtles. I remember oh, yeah, my dad loved the Turtles. Yeah. There's a lot of music Beatles I fans. probably wouldn't be a fan of if I didn't know you. True, like, true. Well, we were big Beatles fans. You know, we had all the Beatles records and all that. So the Beatles, uh, you know, they didn't they they ended in 1970 before we were born. So you couldn't go see the Beatles. You know, I have seen Paul McCartney and Ringo live, but you couldn't, George never toured because the American press was so horrible to him. So the next best thing to go see live was the Grateful Dead. And I went to, I want to specify, I went to see the Grateful Dead for one reason and one reason only, and that was the music. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was so into the music and every night was different. That's why we went to show after show after show because no two shows were the same. I saw them 122 times and I saw them play Casey Jones once. You know, so you you would get a different show each night, and uh, my friends used to get upset with me because everybody it was a, it was a very communal, very uh, brother sisterly love atmosphere. But I would always split and leave and go sneak down front so I could be as close or right in front of the soundboard, so it'd be the best sounding. So I was there for the music, like you said. I, I've been a music guy my whole life, and if I couldn't go see the Beatles live, I was going to go see the Grateful Dead as much as I could because I knew it was a fleeting phase. I knew it was a, a passing moment in time. I knew it wouldn't be around when I was fifty. Yeah, and it is kind of, but it's not the same. You know, I, I bet you're glad you did that. I bet a lot of oh, people yeah. wish they would have done that. There's a lot of people who say they did that, but yeah, you know, if you were at Woodstock, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old I was at Woodstock, right? Yeah. I was at Woodstock. Um, so let's speaking of brotherly and sisterly love, then, like you just said, yeah. let's fast forward to 2021. I know we're in 2022 right now, but let's right. fast forward. Maybe it was late 2020 when you started this. I don't know. But when I first saw it, it was the beginning of 2021. And, and let me set the scene. First of all, Mark and I grew up with each other. We were best friends. I moved away, like I said, and then we didn't talk maybe three or three to five times over a period, you know, a period of 20 30, no, 35 years, yeah, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we're friends on Facebook, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then I, I click on Facebook one day and Mark Ellis is walking around. Hey, guess what? I love you. Hey, guess anybody tell you, I love you. So, Hey, guess what? I love you. By the way, he's got a, Hey, guess what? I love you group on Facebook. Um, I think that's what it's called, right? Hey, guess, yeah. what I, yeah. hey, guess what? I love you on Facebook. So you can go join that group. Uh, it's a great group to be a part of. There's a lot of inspiration, a lot of good things coming out of that. But my question for you, Mark, Marcus, is what made you start doing that? What? Why did you wake up one day and say, I'm going to tell a lot of people, strangers and people I know that I love them? Well, like, you know, like you saw things on Facebook, like you saw me saying that on Facebook. It was during the 2020 election. And scrolling through Facebook, all I saw was hate and vitriol and people like, you know, friends and family calling each other names and uh, why, you know, it's, it was, it was politics, which I'm just really against 
uh, other than election period time, you don't need to be talking about it, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. And so people were giving each other such a hard time about it that I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this around. And it did come from that Grateful Dead world where everybody, you know, took care of each other and was, you know, the word kind was a big deal. You know, be kind, bro, be kind. And, uh, you know, we all told each other we loved each other and all that stuff. So I said, you know, I've got to do something online on Facebook to change this culture, or at least change it from what I'm seeing, you know, let the algorithm change it for me. And I just start, I just figured I'd start telling people that I love them, but I was like, I got to do more. It's got to be more than just, I love you. Right. Cause anybody can come up with that. That's not, you know, a big deal. And I was in the car and I was riding with my daughter, Morgan. And I said, Hey, Morgan, guess what? And she said, what daddy and I said, I love you. And then it struck a chord with me that I'd been saying that to my boys all growing up. I've grown boys and young daughters. And I'd been saying that in the car for a long time. So I was like, that's it. Hey, guess what? I love you. So then I would be running in the morning and I was doing that thing where I used to go live all the time. I don't do it as much now. I need to bring it back, but I was going live and, and doing inspirational, motivational talk. And people would see me in the neighborhoods and start screaming, Hey, I love you. I love you. And then I was like, all right, I got to take this to the next level. And I just started randomly walking up to people in the mall and grocery stores and restaurants and asking them, Hey, has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? And I got so many reactions of people like breaking down in tears or like, hey, can I have a hug? I need that, you know, uh, those types of things um, that I decided to continue it, you know, and keep it going. And so now I just continue to walk up to people and ask them that question. And, and people appreciate it. Um, no, I haven't really gotten any harsh or negative reactions yet like you have uh, have forced, you know, shadowed, but I don't know. So I'll tell, you know, I have told Mark being a lifelong friend of his and a fellow podcaster on a different show and just all around, you know, like the guy that one of these days he's going to walk up to some <laughs> dude and say, I love you. And that dude is going to punch him or he's going to walk up to a lady and say, I love you. And her husband's going to overhear it. And who knows what's going to happen there? You know, well, I can still run really fast at 50. Okay, well, good. You okay. better get, yeah, you better get, you're, you're going to have to get those. those but you got to think about this, man. I've been doing this since 2020. It's now the end of 2022 and I haven't had those problems. I have, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but there's, there's a certain demographic that there's been like three ladies that gave me ugly looks. But other than that, I'll just say it. They're older white ladies. They, they've given me ugly looks like that, but that's, it's only three out of the thousands of people. Usually, I mean, husbands and wives both are just like, oh, I, I, I love this. Thank you. You made my day. So many people say I needed to hear that today. Like the people, oh, yeah. especially yeah. people on the other side of the counter. People do need to hear it. And you know, a lot of times people get made fun of, or they've had a really bad life. Yeah. They've, or they've had a really bad day, a really bad month, whatever yeah. the case may be. And just hearing a positive message or a, I love you type of message. It's, it's gotta be heartwarming. I, I mean, I know I always make fun of you about that. And, uh, but, but I'm telling you, it, it, it is a good message. And quite frankly, if, if someone uh, is looking for inspiration and is looking for good stuff like that, I'd say follow Mark. We'll talk about ways to get in touch with him sure. a little bit, but follow Mark on uh, some of his social channels, join, go to uh, Facebook and join the, Hey, Hey, guess what? I love you. So it's yeah, I also have a TikTok that's that too. So but yeah, I, don't TikTok. Really, I don't really use it, but it is called, Hey, guess what? I love you. Hey, you know, TikTok's the big thing, Marcus. It I is. 50 year olds is. is hard to do, but 50 it TikTok, is. YouTube, you know how big YouTube is like off the chart still and it's going nowhere. So it seems to me like most things are going YouTube, 
or TikTok, YouTube, and then Instagram Reels. It yeah. seems to, to be a big yeah, deal. I agree. So everybody's going to have to compete with that. So let's talk then about it. You mentioned it, being a real estate investor. And yeah. you had a job. You had what, what some might call a real job, right? Or yeah. a regular job. A W-2 job. That's what I call it, a W-2. You had a W-2 job. You were going into the office and doing stuff. You were yeah. collecting your paycheck. You were eating lunch for the day. You were doing whatever. But somewhere along the way, that wasn't fulfilling you or you felt like you just weren't meeting your goals or there were things happening. You know, a lot of that, maybe give a little bit of that, but that's almost irrelevant. I want to talk more about the leap of faith that you took. You quit your day job. You yeah. quit. Uh, while no job is guaranteed, anybody right. can lose their job. I get that. But you quit the security of a day job and went out on your own. You're, you're a solopreneur. You've developed partnerships with people and strategic alignments and alliances. Right. Certain it's deals. A, it's essentially you, right? So, right? so what inspired you to do this and how can you relate this, if you can, to just making contact? You sure. Know, well, uh, first of all, I wasn't happy, right? You know, I'd been at a job for 15 years. Um, and it was quite instantly that, you know, when I first got the job, for those who don't know, I had really long hair. Um, and so I was the freak in the room, right? And I was this jovial, you know, jumping around guy, you know, I have a lot of energy. So I really didn't fit in uh, at my, my day job that I had for 15 years, but I love the work. Once again, it was selling pro audio, video and lighting equipment that you see in churches or arenas or concerts, things like that. Um, but, but I wasn't satisfied. And I felt like my personality as bubbly and, and um crazy as it was, held me back from advancing. Now, I was national sales manager of a retail department, but I just couldn't get to the level that I wanted to get. And then things started deteriorating after COVID, and, and we'll just leave it at that. I, I didn't feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel respected and appreciated for my talents. And I'd been talking to people uh, around the country, uh, motivational speakers, inspirational people that, that support me, um, that I wanted to leave my job, and I was trying to figure it out what to do. And really, it became the leap of faith that you talk about. I prayed a lot about it. And then I had multiple people prophesize over me that I didn't know. And the last one happened on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I was on a Zoom call with four different leaders across. And this guy was actually in Canada. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I, I got to stop the, this real quick. I got to tell Marcus that God is telling me to tell him whatever that thing is that you've been waiting on doing you need to go do it. And you could have hit me with a two by four in the face and knocked me over. It was so uh, crazy. So I, with not a lot of savings with, I, I, I call it, I jumping out of the a plane at 30,000 feet without a parachute. That's what I did. I quit my job the Monday after Thanksgiving and it's been the most rewarding thing that I ever did. And to tie it back to just make contact, I am a wholesaler of houses. I find people who are in not so good situations may it be divorce or the inheritance and they don't want to deal with a house or they're underwater in the house and i pay cash as is for the house i give them a fair price i don't take advantage of them and then i sell that contract to a fix and flipper somebody who wants to put the money into it and fix it well those houses just don't come to you a lot of them have to me oddly enough but you still have to call people and say hey i know you get this call all the time but would you be interested in selling your house? And that was the first deal that I did that I, I have a program and it shows me who may be behind on their taxes or something like that. And the first one was a 29 year old widower and he had lost his wife. And he said, 
well, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I'd like to talk to you about that. And that ended up being a $15,000 job for me. So had I not called this guy, had I not reached out, he wasn't even thinking about selling the house. He was renting it out. He was fine. But I ended up uh, purchasing his house and reselling it and making a profit. So I have to call people, cold call people. And it's not easy. A lot of people couldn't do it. A lot of people couldn't just call somebody up and I say, hey, I'm not yeah, a cold could, caller. Yeah. Could, could do you want, are you interested in selling your house today? So that's how it works in a nutshell. And if I don't make, I mean, I have two people I need to call today that are yeah. interested in selling their house. So think about that. What, what he's saying here is if you're, in business for yourself, or if you're, uh, you're trying to make money or you're trying to get something done, or you're, maybe you're trying to resolve an issue. You've got to pick up the phone. Sometimes you've got to make contact. And by the way, sometimes it may be 30 contacts to get one. Sometimes it may be a hundred contacts to get one, right? 12 is the average. What's that? 12 12 is the average. Okay. So 12 is the average. So you've got to go through this process over and over and over again. And it applies to other things in life. Again, if you're if you're feeling down, and we'll get to this in a minute. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and skip the order of questions here real fast. But if someone is stuck in a rut, so let's take that same right. concept and that same advice of just make contact. Again, baseball, if you're in a batting slump, sometimes they say just make contact and you never know what might happen. So if you're in a rut, if someone's down for whatever the reason may be, and you can't tell them you love them today, Mark, what advice would you give them to to just make contact, whatever that is, whatever that is to get over the hump? Well, first of all, to get out of the rut, if you're feeling down and out, is to write down everything you're grateful for. And so every morning I pray, I'm grateful for this roof above my head. I'm grateful for food in the refrigerator that people don't have. I'm grateful for running cars with gas in them. So when you write down your gratitudes, you realize your life isn't so bad. But mainly to have that um, confidence to make contact with somebody, you have to have faith in yourself, supreme faith in yourself. And, And the Bible tells us that we were created in God's image. You are magical. You are amazing. I mean, do you know the odds of being born are something like 400 trillion to one? You already won, baby. You made it here, right? So you have to have faith in yourself that you can do anything you put your mind to. Make the decision that I'm just going to get on the phone and call people. Because when I was at my other position as national sales manager, I had to call people all the time. Hey, remember that quote we did six months ago? Are you ready to do that? And a lot of times if I didn't do that, I wouldn't get the sale. So it's having faith in yourself that you can do it, get over being uncomfortable because after a while that becomes a habit, just like working out or eating right or whatever it is. You, you create this habit by doing that thing. But the first time, the first thing you have to do is take that first step, have the gumption, the faith to take that first step, to walk out the door and do that thing. That's right. To take the leap of faith. Yeah. To just make contact. So that ought to get you fired up right now. If you are someone who has an issue and I'm using that generally speaking, right. financial, uh, physical, emotional, spiritual. I, I like Mark's advice here. Start with, first of all, write down all the things you're thankful for and then go from there, yeah. right? Then go from there. And that's a good way. So we're going to wind it down here. I want to do something fun. I've always wanted to do this on our other podcast and we've never done it. Right. I, I picked out, this is going to be called Who Was Better? 
Okay. This is going to be called Who Was Better. And because you're a music guy, hopefully you can appreciate this. I found two 80s groups, and I want to know who you think is better and why. So right. Madness, you know, like Our House, yeah. or Flock of Seagulls, like Space Age Love Song or Iran. Which one's better? Which one's better? I, I forgot about Space Age Love Song. Love song. Um, I'm easily going to go Madness. Because I just heard the other day on the, on the radio, I was with my wife, Laura, in the car, and I'd forgotten all about it. It must be love. And you might not re remember that song? Yeah, yeah. And the other one, the, the One Step Beyond was so good. Hey, you, don't watch that. Watch this. Yeah, you know? those guys were awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I forgot about Space Age Love Song, but I think Madness had a little bit more. You know, they were both, you know, one record, one hit wonders, but both of them continued on. I think Madness in Europe had, had a bigger career following that and they're still around uh, you know as a ska band. so I, I like madness madness uh, i would envision them if they went to watch a soccer match right they'd be hooligans <laughs> they'd be, hooligans. They'd be uh, mixing it up with other people in the crowd you wouldn't want to mess with madness if you're uh, at a soccer game. that's a great point madness would be at a soccer match flock of seagulls would not yeah i don't flock of seagulls <laughs> i don't know what they'd be doing but I, I love them both i love them both but i i think i'll go with you on madness so um what are you reading these days, Mark? One, two books. Two books right now. I'm reading two books. I got one right here. I don't know if people will be able to see it, but FTI, uh, Failure to Implement by Howard Partridge, who coincidentally has a, uh, a house in Destin, not far from me. But the other one I'm reading uh, that is a classic, and it's Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill. And really, it's, it's astounding because everybody like Dale Carnegie and JP Morgan and all these baller uh, industrial period business guys all came from nothing. And they just made a decision, like the idea to do this thing. And then they went for it. And it's all having the desire to succeed in whatever it is you want to. My goal next year, Colin, is to do 10 houses a month or a hundred grand a month. Right. And so I have that vision. I can see it. I can feel it. Right. And you have to do, if you have the desire to do something and you feel it emotionally and close your eyes and feel whatever that is, it's going to happen because the subconscious mind will take over and give you the plan, give you the ideas it takes to accomplish that goal. So Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and Failure to Implement by Howard Partridge. Yeah, those are both great. And I was actually just reading some of the quotes I had on the outline. I forgot to even mention any of the quotes and I'm supposed to be the quotator. quotator. I'm supposed to be the master quotator. So I want to read a couple of quotes. Just if, if anybody's listening to it at this point or watching, I want to read a couple of quotes. And one of them is from James Cameron. James Cameron, of course, the involved with the movies and all of that. But he's a director. The director. Thank you. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. There are many talented people who haven't fulfilled their dreams because they overthought it or they were too cautious and they were unwilling to make the leap of faith. So I am not telling you, if you're listening to this, that you don't need to plan, that you don't need to think, that you don't need to talk to your loved ones. But I am telling you, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it because Sophia Loren says something very similar when she says, transformation is something I cannot explain too much analysis might destroy it. Yeah. So think about that. Transformation can come transformation. People want to transform a lot of things, but if all you're doing is analyzing it, if all you're doing is thinking about it, you, you'll come up with a million reasons not to do it and you'll never get it done. So don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Take a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith if it's a profession. Take a leap of faith if it's, uh, again, spiritual. Take a leap of faith if it is 
physical and you need to get out and exercise. There's a lot of things there. So Mark, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, Marcus Ellis. Uh, I'm there, but you can also call me at 850-512-1116. You can call or text 850-512-1116. I'm Marcus Ellis on Instagram. I'm Hey, Guess What? I Love You on TikTok. I will say that I've kind of failed in those. I need to uh, fail forward and, and start making more uh, videos on the TikTokers and the Instagrams, uh, as the kids say, you know. The TikTok. You definitely need to do the TikTok because that's where people are getting discovered every day. I have a vision real quick, and I'm going to speak it into existence. I'm going to get some glasses that record, and then I'm going to record my interactions, walking up to people, ask them if they've been told that they're loved today, and that's going to be my new, hey, guess what? I love you, TikTok. So when I get the glasses, I'm going to let you know and, and do it from there. Yeah, you should definitely do that. So, oh, I'm, I, it's popping up telling me I'm running out of time here. Thank you. Thank minutes. you. But it says I got 40 minutes or 10 minutes, 10 right. minutes. Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. I hit a button and the screen popped up here. That really threw me <laughs> off. There. All right. So I had a couple of other quotes. I want to see James Cameron has another one. I want to read this right. other James Cameron. But failure has to be an option in art and in exploration because it's a leap of faith. Yeah. And no important endeavor that required innovation was done without risk. You have to be willing to take those risks. So I'm not, this isn't an outline. What do you think about that quote? Let me read it again. But failure has to be an option in art and in exploration because it's a leap of faith. And no important endeavor that required innovation was done without risk. You have to be willing to take those risks. I'll, I'll answer that with a little story that I had with my a conversation I had with my daughter real quick this morning. She was uh, going in early to say the Pledge of Allegiance in the school pledge um, on TV at school, you know, on the little CCTV, whatever they call it. And she was nervous about it. And I ask her this question all the time when she's nervous about things. And this, this goes to the risk portion. What's the worst thing that can happen? Think of the worst thing that can happen. And she said, well, I'll stumble over my words. I said, okay, well, what's the worst thing that happened about that? Well, I'll be embarrassed. Okay, what's the worst that can happen about that? Well, my friends will laugh at me. Okay, what's the worst thing that can happen about that? And she said, it's really not that bad. Mm -hmm. said, so when when we have risk, as pe okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? All right, all of us, me and my family will be out on the street in the poorhouse. That's pretty bad, right? That's a scary proposition. But are we going to die? Probably not. Probably not from taking a risk in business. I mean, when I was following the Grateful Dead, that was a big risk. We were going out into the net. We didn't have internet. We didn't have cell phones. We had the big old giant maps that we unfolded, right? Yeah. So I had a hundred bucks in my pocket, no ticket, and just a sense of adventure and taking that risk of going out there. And now I have incredible life experiences. I have friends that I still talk to all the time, all over the country and the world for that matter. So folks, fear... What, what is the FEAR acronym? It's, um, guy, I always get that wrong. Um, I'm not a big acronym person. Well, um, something of appearing real. Uh, I can't remember, but that's a good one. But fear Acrostic, you mean, or acronym? Acrostic, yeah. It's, okay. it's something, I can't remember. It's awful. I shouldn't even said it. But anyways, fear is the killer. Fear is the thing that keeps people from succeeding and doing the things that they want to do in life. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm not immune to it. I, I go through it all the time. It's horrible. But I've learned to push through that and take those risks. And the reward is so much sweeter on the other side. Yeah, I go through it a lot too. And you know, you just, when you just answer that way, again, that's, that's unscripted. That's not even in the outline where we just went through that right. one. 
I think that is a great idea for a podcast. What's the worst thing that could happen? Right. And then take decisions and go through some sort of waterfall of what's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. And if it doesn't lead to, you know, death or I lose my house or, you know, or hurting somebody else, I go to jail, you know, something yeah. like that, yeah, then yeah. maybe, maybe it is time to make that, that decision. Maybe it is time to take that leap of faith. So that's I another podcast real quick. That acrostic is false evidence appearing real. Okay. That That's a lot of times that fear, you know, it's that thing that you're afraid of. That's never going to happen. Right. No. Most of the things that I'm afraid of never happen. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right. So I hope if you listen to this or if you watch this, I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you learned that it's okay to be a little bit scared, but you got to take risks sometimes. If you're unhappy, maybe it is something that you're unhappy with a job. You're unhappy when you look in the mirror. Ooh. You're unhappy when you look at your bank account. You're right. unhappy in just in your spiritual life and your relationship with God. You've got to just make contact. You've got to take the first step, a leap of faith. And you never know what might lead to us. Mark and I talk about this all the time. We really want to do what we're doing right now forever, meaning yeah. real estate investing, podcasting, consulting, social you know, public media. speaking, social media. But who knows what might happen, right? I mean, somebody may come offer us both $500,000 a year jobs and we might have to take it. I don't know. Right. But the point I is- I don't know if I wasn't happy. Yeah, if you're not. But I mean, as much as anything, it's 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 about taking that leap of faith, taking the risk. Yep. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Go ahead and take that that chance. So this is just make contact. Episode two, by the way. So please like, subscribe, share it with somebody. Hey, leave comments. Leave comments, download the podcast. Um, I will respond to any comments received, provide input. I really appreciate it. Mark Ellis, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you took the time out today to be on the show. And, and hey, guess what, Mark? I love you too, bro. I love you, man. See, it's yeah. not that hard. It's not. It's not. And if nobody's told, if you're listening to this or watching this, if nobody's told you yet that they love you today, I truly and sincerely love you. And I challenge you to go tell somebody, a stranger, or even somebody you've never told before that you love them. It'll make their day. Yeah, there you go. So thank you and uh, talk to you soon. Peace and chicken grease.